Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoy this message. There's a lot of good spirit in the kids right now as they walk off. It's my privilege to open the word today around this special day. And I want to ask a question as I open the word, which is this. Who is your source? I've been thinking about that question now for a good few months because I have a conviction that God is my source, that God is our source corporately as a church as a church family. It's God who is our sustainer, our supplier, our deliverer, our giver, our creator. It's God who is our healer, our provider, our maintainer. And it's that conviction which is so easy to be tested in the times in which we're living. And so today is really a special day. It's a special opportunity to take up this offering, this one-off offering, and the Bible is full of moments like this throughout biblical history where God's people, in order to prepare the church, in order to prepare God's plan for our nation and generation, they would have special offerings. Moses took up a special offering, and he did it, and the Egyptians were plundered because of the offering that he took. David took up a special offering when he needed to dedicate the temple to Solomon. Ezra and Nehemiah did the same thing when they needed to rebuild. And in that same sense, we now need to rebuild on the backside of this pandemic because our world needs Jesus. And it's that conviction that over 40 years, this church has stood strong. Hey, I came to church here 29 years ago in an electric blue suit. I did. And that was in the day when all the first-time visitors would stand up. Stand up if you're here for the first time. Next to me was my future wife, Charlotte, grabbing my hand going, if you stand up, if you stand up right now in your electric blue suit, I'm going to disown you. And I became aware that there was a generation of people that went before me, and thankfully, now having been married something like 99 years to my beautiful wife, she forgave me for that day. And I've learned that it's the generosity of God's people in tough times that makes an incredible difference. And as I stood in church that day 29 years ago, I was reminded of this statement, society grows when people plant trees under whose shade they will never sit. And there was a generation that came before us. And I wanted to ask this question of you, church, today, and if you're on, online as well. If you've been attending this church for a while now, and you've been a part of more than five years of vision offerings, I would love to honor you. Could you jump up to your feet if you've been here more than five years and given to this house for more than five years? And as people stand, can we applaud all these people right now who have done this? So many. So many. Come on, is that the best you can do, church? Come on, this is sacrificial giving that goes before us. Go ahead and take your seats now. Just take your seats. I thought about asking people to keep standing until I found out who'd been here the longest, but I'm not going to do that today. What I want to do now is 
go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9 because I've now reminded you of people who gave, and I want to show you the, apostles, the Apostle Paul's approach to how he took up a special offering, and he reminded a local church of those who had given in other locations. So let's pray as we open the Word of God. Lord, we pray that as we examine your Word, that you would speak not just to our mind, but to our spirit, that you would steady our soul, because Lord, the truth is, you are Lord of all. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 tells this incredible story, and, and I'm going to focus around these two chapters, chapter 8 and chapter 9, and I wanted to just draw attention to this introduction as Paul talked, because Paul said this in chapter 8, verse 2. He said, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church, and he was saying that to a different church, a Corinthian church, and he was reminding the Corinthian church of the fact that the Macedonians were giving. Now, if you've read the Bible for a while, you know the Corinthian church was chaos. Man, there was stuff going on in that church. Crazy stuff. I mean, they would take up an offering in the church, and people would kind of steal the money. Other people would take up communion. They would get drunk on the bread and wine. Um, be hard to get drunk on bread. Get, get drunk on the wine. And, and there was all this vibe that was going on in the, in the Corinthian context. And so Paul came, and he wanted to bring this message. Now, I don't know much about Macedonia. I don't think I've ever been there. If I have, I can't recall it. And it's in northern Greece. You might know Macedonia because of Alexander the Great, who emerged from there in the fourth century BC. But after that environment and after he lived, there was such war and famine and hardship in the country that it was absolutely destitute. And yet, the Apostle Paul is drawing our attention to this Macedonian church. And I wanted to focus on this because it's so vitally important as to why he's focusing on them. You see, it was the Macedonians who, after this time of great victory and celebration, and now they found themselves in desperate times of poverty, and yet the Bible is so clear, in that time of pressure, something incredible happened. They discovered something. I'm going to draw three keys from this today, and the first one is this, principle over pressure. What the Macedonians understood is that in times of pressure, they didn't give up their principle. What do I mean by principles? I'm talking about convictions, higher ideals, decisions that hold the test of time, even when things are not going well. Principles that you're convinced that Christianity is relevant today. Principles and convictions that even though times may change, that we need to understand that when principles are forged, they're forged for difficult times. And principles are forged because they will sharpen us through times of disappointment and get us through that. And disappointment is what we have all lived through in these recent seasons. And it's understanding that sense of principle that will forge us a better future for generations to come. Policies are many, principles are few. Policies will change, but principles never do. And here we find that the Macedonians living in this culture and in this time did not give up on their principles. Let's read this with me now. I'm reading from verse 2. It's going to come up behind me on the screen. Fierce troubles came down on the people of those churches, the Macedonians. It pushed them to the very limit. The trial exposed their true colors, 
Listen to this. They were incredibly happy, though desperately poor. The pressure triggered something totally unexpected. They held to their principles. When we talk about pressure, we talk about burden. We talk about mental distress. And there's all kinds of different pressure. There is peer pressure, family pressure. There's all kinds of situations, economic pressure, challenges that we all face in life. But, but here's the Macedonians, and in their time of pressure, when people thought they would buckle and give up and quit and just walk away, something incredible happened. And it's that conviction, it's that principle that the world needs right now. No matter how rough it gets, no matter how difficult it gets, I'm here to let you know Jesus Christ is still Lord of all. He is here. He is with us in every disappointment and in every struggle and every challenge that we face. And that's what the Macedonians talked about and demonstrated. And that's why I think the Apostle Paul wants us today to remember them. We're in good company, church. Have you gone through a tough time recently? Are you going through a hard time? And come on, Bradfordians, remember the Macedonians. Remember that that sense of difficulty shouldn't shake our decisions to stay strong. And that's why Jesus talks so much about pressure and handling it. Did you know that out of the, the, the 38 parables that Jesus taught, 16 of them, he talked about the matters and the affairs of finance and how they affect our heart. He talked about those principles because he wanted us to understand that even though we face challenges, God will still be our source. And it's understanding that principle and then outworking it and walking in it that I wanted to focus on because the Macedonians did that and what was so unexpected of them in that time of pressure, and the pressure was that there was persecution in the Jerusalem church. And so Paul was taking up this offering, this special one-off offering, and they came and they said this. They said, can we share with you in that offering? You see, after we talk about getting the principle right and getting principle over that pressure, the second thing I wanted to focus on is this, that privilege is the principle. 2 Corinthians 8, 4 the Macedonians urgently pleaded with Paul for the privilege of sharing in the service of the Lord's people. That's the privilege, you know, and, and, and today it's a privilege to give into God. It's a privilege to give so that we can give our finance to God and, and bring our worship to him. It is. And over the years in preparing for this, I'm reminded of the difficult conversations that people have had with me in different times. And they've said, Steve is like, you know, we're going through some tough times. Can you help us, Pastor? Can you help us determine whether or not we should get out of debt before we give any more to the Lord? Pastors have come to me and said, you know, should we, should we still teach tithing in the difficult times that we're living in? And, and here's what I just wanted to say at the outset uh, of this principle and of this point, which is just simply this. We don't want anyone to be under ungodly pressure today. And so what I'm saying is, simply fall in love with Jesus. That's it. When people come to me and say, Steve, should we, should we bring our tithes and our offerings? I say, why don't you just fall in love with Jesus first? Are you in love with Jesus? Completely fall in love with Jesus and give God time. I think in the Christian church, we overemphasize breakthrough. And uh, like my friend Arianna Walker says to me all the time, we don't emphasize walkthrough enough. 
We overemphasize waving our hand over debt, and we don't, we don't focus enough on just the value of just carrying on another day. And you might have a desire in your heart right now to give, but your bank account doesn't allow it. Well, you know what I want to say to you? Praise God. Please do not be under pressure to give anything today, because God is our source. Amen? And here's the reality is that God sometimes uses people to meet that source. And you might be thinking, well, this is a crazy time to be taken up on an offering. You may not know this, but did you know that, that as we approach year end, different corporations and different companies and different um, people who are entrepreneurs and professional business leaders are actually looking for places to invest their finance. They're actually looking for their year end to take advantage of the opportunity of sowing into charities. And there are many good charities that you can sow into in life. I just happen to believe that the church is one of the most important charities that we need to support. And I'll talk about that more in just a moment, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. But the reason why this is positioned is not so that you're under pressure in any way. This is because we realize that if the government are giving us 25 pence back for every pound that we give for gift aid, that's a good principle. And we are Bradfordians, Yorkshire, a people at heart, and we know a good deal when we see it. Can you say amen? If somebody's going to add 25% back to our giving, I think that's something that we should respond to and take advantage of. And we just don't want people that have um, surplus income or wealth just thinking to themselves right now, I wonder where we should give that finance. We're like, hey, put it in the church, everybody. And it's that sense of conviction, that sense of privilege that we want to be really clear about today. Now. Here's what Jesus taught us in one of those 38 parables. He taught us that it's not the amount that counts, it's what starts in your heart. And there was a widow who had two pennies. And this widow comes and she puts two pennies in the offering. Now, what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't ignore it or overlook it. He stopped the proceedings. He talked to his trustee. He talked to his different people and he said, did you notice what she gave? She gave more than everyone else. And they're thinking, she just gave two pennies, but, but the value wasn't the issue. The issue was the principle and the privilege. She understood the privilege of giving. She didn't keep her two pennies in her pocket. She wasn't embarrassed. She wasn't comparing herself and what someone else gave. She came forward and she put what she could in. And then she gave the rest to God. And that's what we're doing. We're doing what we can do, and then we're letting God do the rest. Do what the Holy Spirit asks you to do. And the Corinthian church was hearing about these Macedonians, and Jesus wanted to help them understand the fact that when you do what God says, God will honor you and provide a way for you for the future. Now, this privilege that I'm talking about and the follow-through that I'm talking about is so important, because did you know that the word work in the Hebrew culture is the same word as worship and service. And this word, this root word is called avade. Everybody say avade, avade. And that's the word that the Hebrew culture used for work. And why I'm saying that is because it's so vitally important that we all understand that God has given us gifts, every one of us. Gifts to you so that we can use our work as worship and service to the Lord. Joshua 24, 15 says this, but as for me and my household, we will avade the Lord. That's the word serve, serve the Lord. We will worship the Lord. And I want you to know that 
in this church, we have had generations grow up in this church. Generations that have worshiped here. People like you just saw that have, that have raised children here. There's been reindeers on this stage for as many years as I can remember, everybody. As the church has raised generations, as people have come and raised kids' church here and kids' ministries here, as teenagers have found their friends here and found their, their sense of great peer pressure, godly peer pressure is a good thing, everybody. And they found that as, as the young people have found each other and got married in this church. I mean, there's been so many good things that have happened here over the years. And, and it's that sense of understanding that today, if we understand our worship starts Monday, our worship is what we do. And if you have that principle of follow through, if you're sitting here today and think, I would love to give more, I would love to start an entrepreneurial idea. I would love to do something incredible for God. Well, then let your worship through your work, through your service to the Lord, grow your capacity to be able to sow into the kingdom of God. And it's that that's so important. And I wanted to focus on 2 Corinthians 9, 6, where the apostle Paul said, only give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, the Bible is clear. The Bible talks about tithes. It talks about that being 10%. 10 that's what the word tithe means. It talks about offerings over and above the tithes. But I just wanted to say that even though the Bible asks for that, don't give under compulsion. Don't give under guilt. Don't give under condemnation. And as we head into Christmas, be careful. Be careful what you borrow. Because, you know, we have these payday loans that are running at over 40% right now that are just criminal. And here's the great thing about the church and what we've done here for generations, that we don't want anyone to ever give out of need. We want to make sure that we are giving because of how good God is. And we're giving to him because we love Jesus. That's why we're giving. In other words, we're giving not because we have to. We're giving because we want to. You can come to church next week. No one is going to check up, up, up on you. And Jock's not going to stand and say, did you give last week in the offering? No, no, no. We're going to still be here. We're going to still keep serving God because God is our source. And that's a conviction. That's a value. That's a principle. And it's that that we have to move forward and understand. And when the, when the Macedonians, they responded to that pressure with the privilege of giving, it just touched my heart and touched my soul because, hey, things happen and we've got to deal with them. Things happen sometimes that are unexpected. And, uh, you know, they, they do, they, they happen and maybe you've been robbed from or broken into recently or you've had situations that have happened in your life and you just think, darn it, I would love to give, but I'm in this spot right now. Well, you know what? Between you and God, you talk to God about that. And then don't be under pressure. If someone next to you comes up and gives in the heap offering in a moment, you know, applaud them. Brilliant. But don't just think, oh, I feel guilty because I'm not giving. Listen, I remember being in a place where I had nothing to give. I mean, not a penny. I was overdrawn. I was in a place and I just thought, Lord, this is awful. This is awful, the state that I'm in. I was maxed out on my credit cards, maxed out on overdrawals. This had nothing, no penny. I was living on the, the whopping fee, incredible fee of 100 U.S. dollars a month, which is about 70, to 70 pounds a month. That was my entire earnings back in the day. And you just start in this place where you're like, yeah, that's where I started. 
But you know what? I just learned that I'm not embarrassed about that. I just want to keep learning and growing and understanding financial principles. So we have a dream one day where this campus will be debt free in Jesus name. Where we'll be free from all that so that we can give more. The goal isn't just getting debt free. The goal is just being in a place where we do the best with what God has given us. And finally, my last principle is this prayerfully and joyfully. What we can learn from the Macedonians is it says this in chapter nine, verse 12, that they carried out their social relief work and they carried this out far more than just meeting the bare needs of poor Christians. That it also produced bountiful and thanksgiving to God. And this offering is a prod to live at your very best, showing your gratitude to God by being openly obedient to the plain meaning of the message of Christ. You show your gratitude through your generous offerings to your needy brothers and sisters and really toward everyone. And it's that sense where in our city, in Bradford, when there are so many people that are in desperate need, I want you to know that what happens when you go to God and pray, God helps. It's not by accident that 4,000 toys have arrived at the church at a time when so many are desperate need. That is the provision of God to let people know that he is good. You know, it's not an accident that we've partnered with two different charities, Love Christmas and Love Your Neighbor, that Holy Trinity Brompton represent, and they've sowed that so that we can then take that and distribute that to our city. That's not an accident. That's God going before us. Even this week, we've had another grant arrive, stewardship. 10,000 pounds sterling has arrived so people can have gas and electric provision in our city. That's God going before us. Now, what I want to say about that is so important because charitable giving is commendable, whatever the charity is. You know, we give to charities today that are dealing with environmental issues, endangered species, education, health and medical. I could go on and on and on. But there is only one charity, the local church, that does something incredible, which is eternity. My last principle is this, prayerfully and joyfully. Our prize is not to die with the most toys. Our prize is to see as many people find Jesus and get to heaven as possible. That's what we're focused on. And that's so different than all the different charities. I'm not saying we shouldn't partner with other charities. We should. The environment's important. Endangered species are important. Health and medical breakthroughs need investing, and that's important too. But let's remember that there's only one way people can get to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. Why is the Christmas spectacular spectacular? Because of Jesus. And it's that sense that we have to understand and roll our sleeves up and go, the prize is eternal life and it's worth the effort. It's worth the sacrifice. Week after week, you see people find Jesus right here in this place. And that's been the way it is for decades. Already over 200 people coming to Christ in this last year in, in 2022. That's amazing. But then further afield, in Warsaw, Poland, what's going on over there is incredible as we've now delivered 1.3 million meals to help in the Ukrainian crisis and opened a school to help educate different Ukrainian refugees five days a week to be able to help and to make a difference. And that's why we're saying it's not a time for us to go quiet. 
It's not a time for us to draw back. It's a time for us as God's people to respond to pressure in a godly way, to seize the privilege that we all have right now of doing what we can do and the prize of knowing when we do what we can do, God will do the rest. And that's why I wanted to focus today on the Macedonians, on the Macedonians who lived through one of the most difficult conditions in times, and yet their joy was incredible. And after all of that, the Apostle Paul wrote that he writes this. He said, God, God can pour on the blessings in astonishing ways so that you're ready for anything and everything. That's what our God can do because God is our source. And what we'd like you to do now is just take a moment to contemplate and to think about what you would give. And as I close today, and Sean, I've already determined what we, we're going to give today in our heart. I just, I'm just reminded of being in this church for 29 years that it's in this church that my own father came to Christ. Has anybody brought someone to church that they love and care about and they've come to Christ in this church? If that's you, just raise your hand. Is there anybody here who's had a healing in this church and God has healed them either spiritually or physically and God has done something incredible? I mean, amazing. You know, and, and there are others here who have been in this church for decades. And I'm saying all that because I believe now is the time for us to show our true colors, just like the Macedonians did back in the day and be as generous as we can be. Let me just pray for you now, and then the worship team is just going to lead us in this worship song. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for what you're about to do, Lord, in people's lives. We pray for everyone here. We want no one to be under compulsion, but Lord, we would ask that you would take what we can do, what we can give, what people can do online, and take that, Lord, Prayerfully, we just ask you, Lord, what we should give right now between, between you and, and, and our prayer, God. Show us as we ask you what you should instruct us to do in this special offering. Thank you, God. Amen. Right there on your seat, you're going to find an envelope. You can just take that now. You can just fill it out. You can give by QR code. The details are behind me. But, but just take a moment to just prayerfully fill that out. If you've already prepared that giving, that's great. We're just going to take a minute as the worship team lead us in this song. And then after that, Jock's going to lead us in this special offering. Thank you, church. God is with us. Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you. So why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at Life Church Home. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.